you in this morning to River Church in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, where we're ministering on the always answered asker. Or we could even say, not just AAA, but quadruple A, the automatically always answered asker. We want to be that person, don't we? We want to be that believer that when we pray, it's not like a kid asking his uh, distracted mother or uh, encumbered father, you know, can I have, checking out at the grocery store, can I have this worm or can I have this uh, piece of candy? And they're saying, no, 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 no. We, we don't want that to be our lives. We want to come in to the throne room, make our request made over unto God, and walk out with it. If we really believe that we're children of the, of the Heavenly Father, and that He is a perfect Father, and that He would give us anything that His children ask for, that He'd do it. We'd like to be that kind of child. But we've, and excuse me for my language, but instead of being children... The body of Christ has acted like they were bastards, like that was not really their legitimate father, that they're just adopted out or brought in or whatever. We've acted like we were not legitimate, when in fact, we are very legitimate. Amen. We are birthed by his spirit. Amen. We are bought with a price and not our own. So I, I think this would be an applicable thought. Think about this for a moment. The biggest challenge for you as a believer and as me for a believer and what we do here in church and the messages you listen to and the books you read, the biggest challenge, the greatest challenge that you and I have is to, in the kingdom, is to take the gospel as simple and easy as it is. If we do anything inherently and consistently, we complicate and disqualify ourselves for the promises. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. It's way easier than all of us have made it. And if we have any challenge, it's to declutter the gospel and make it available to our lives, just like children in the Father. Would you all agree with that? that that's, it's not like I got to learn what God's got. Oh, no, you just read a couple of verses, 16 at the most, and you know everything God's got for you if you just believe the word. The, the challenge is, is to qualify, to say, you know, I'm blood-bought. I'm blood-bought. I'm a child of God. Jesus is the firstborn among many, many brethren, and I qualify. If anybody qualifies, I qualify. That is, the, that is the greatest challenge, not to get you and I to believe that God's got some cool stuff for us, but to qualify to receive it, to have it on what we call, if you watch movies on TV, to get on demand. You know, used to, you had to wait until 7 o'clock if you wanted to watch Gunsmoke on the, on the, uh, the oldies channel, and it had, you had to tune in. But now you just hit the button, and if it's 3.30 in the morning, Gunsmoke's on, or whatever you watch. Hallelujah. So turn with me in your Bible. We're going to pursue this. We're going to chase this down. With that, with that motive in mind, we're going to simplify the kingdom and the gospel, and we're going to qualify according to his word. 1 John chapter 5, we're talking about, we're ministering on the always answered asker. And this is our fourth time at it, but we're going slow. We're just going to get it in. The word says that we ought to have mastery in our life not exposure. Well, I know a little bit about everything. What they say is jack of all trade and master of none, but that's not who we are. 
We are to be masters over this. This is who we are and this is what we do. We're not plumbers and carpenters and salesmen that go to church. We are born again believers. We are children of God that happens to have a job on the side. So we have mastery over our craft. I know how to get people healed. That's what we say. I know how to get finances into my life. That's what we say. You don't know that? Well, then you're not a very good master of the craft that you've been put to. This ought to be our main event. And we do everything else on the side, like a hobby would, or like boating or fishing or whatever. That's what we do when we can. Well, this is our job, to know the kingdom that we're in and to be proficient at it. But yet most churches or most cultures of a church, they sail in and, get a, and, and start, start jacking with their watch if the pastor goes over 40 minutes and start you know, giving him this. That is despicable. That is so against the Lord Jesus. If he was here, we'd be saying, bring it. More, Lord Jesus, don't, don't quit. But we have, we have thought wrong. So our endeavor, our whole approach here is to think right. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, that's what he is. It's not different than that. So we change our thinking. So we don't wail on sin and say, well, quit that and don't do that and take up the whole hour saying, you know, you ought to quit that. We all know we should quit that. We don't need some preacher to tell us to quit that. And besides, he might not be dealing with some people to quit that, that he might be dealing with you to stop that. Because I know, you know, when you were young in the Lord, he wasn't wailing on you for everything you did, but now he's, the, the, the narrow, narrow is the way. Narrow is the way to life. So he's talking to you about stuff that he didn't ever talk to you about. Is that right? Am I telling the truth? Otherwise, he'd just have one list and passed it out. The, the do nots, the, the 10,000 commandments so to speak, you know, but that's not what it is. First John chapter five, verse 14 says, and this is the confidence that we have in him, the Lord Jesus, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. He heareth me. He heareth, he heareth, he heareth. And if we know, and we do, we know that he hear us, Whatsoever we ask, we know we have the petitions that we desired of him. Look in verse 14 again. If we ask anything, say it with me, according to his will. Wow. Well, that fixes it right there. Well, you never know what God's going to do. Sure you do. If you ask anything according to his will, it's yours. There's a few little qualifiers on that that just keep you from asking for 16 Cadillacs and a 14-car garage or whatever, getting crazy. The Amplified, we read this last week. This is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness. Why do I like that? The privilege of boldness. Are you bold this morning? Bold as a lion. The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Hallelujah. This is the assurance, the privilege of boldness, which we have in him. We are sure that if we ask anything, make any request according to his will. The Amplified says in agreement with his own plan. 
In other words, we just plagiarize. We just, we just lift the promises out of the Bible. We just lift them up and say, well, it says that to everybody, but I'm taking it for me. By his stripes, I was healed. I take it personal. I'll supply all of your need. I take that personal. He's not just talking to Joey and to Barry and to Lynn. He's talking to me. Y'all do the best you can, but I'm, I'm the favorite son. Don't interrupt me. That's my conversation with him. And if you want to interrupt and on your time, you can tell him you're the favorite son, the favorite daughter. But it says, uh, in agreement with his own plan, he listens to and hears us. And if and since we positively know that he listens to us, what? look at this, in whatever we ask. How much? Whatever. How much? Whatever we ask. We also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted us as our present possessions. That's rich. That we have granted to us our present possessions, the requests made of him. Now, after you're born again, this is about as powerful as it gets. It's, it's, it's in there. He gives you the desires of your heart. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, ye shall have them. This is that that, that carte blanche, this is the where, where he signs the check and you fill it in. You just fill it in say, he, he won't ever cash that. And doggone, he cashes it. He says, okay. He says, sure, we got that. We can handle that. We'll do that. And so it's the great qualifier. The great qualifier there in this is ask according to his will. But I can do that. Because it's not murky and cloudy and foggy. You know, you never know what God's really thinking. He wrote it down. Oh, you shouldn't write it down. You ought to have some sort of, of uh, what, what are they called? A, a story that's uh, handed down. Uh, it's audible. It's, it's uh, y'all help me. Uh, those cultures, you know, that, that, that have that. They just pass it down from generation to generation. Well, Grandpa said that this has happened. And there's lots of stories like that. But he wrote it down. And he wrote it down in plain English, not Latin. I can read English. And I, sometimes I can speak it, but I can read it. Hallelujah. And he wrote it down and he spoke it plainly. And as a matter of fact, there's nothing weird in there. What he said over here, he verified with something else over here. It all fits. It all fits. It's not like some strange thing. If, the Bi if it's in the Bible, at least two or three witnesses, it's what God means. Now, there's some religious faiths that have taken a scripture and mangled it and took it out and context it and all that. And they got you believing all sorts of things, like the 144,000 and all, all sorts of stuff that's just, he, he, you can't go with that. But that, I'm not interested in that anyway. Because whatever happens to the 144,000 is going to happen whether I agree or understand or know or whatever. It's, is, the, is, the, is the rapture pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib? I have definite opinions about that, but it doesn't matter because it doesn't need my consent to happen just like the Word believes it's going to happen. <laughs> doesn't matter. Are you going to heaven? Well, if you're born again, you're going to heaven. You don't have to say, well, sometimes, you know, this, that. You have no experience. You have no tradition. You have no verification that some people went up there born again and they got turned away because at the end of their life, this, that, and the other. You have nothing. So this is all you have. 
if we ask according to his will, his written down plain English will, we have what we request. Now, I, I, that ought to be staggering. That, that ought to be the almost too good true news. News. That you, I can't even get my head around it. That who, who, who loves someone enough to say, baby, anything you want. If I've already mentioned it, if anything you want, darling, this is what you tell your grand sugars. Papa's going to get that for you. You just mention it, baby. You just tell me, Papa, I want a horse. And all of a sudden, we're building a stable. Because we're going to have that horse. Because little bit wanted a horse. And Papa could get one. Y'all understand? We, we understand that, but this is even beyond that. And yet we, we all understand it's our desire to get our grandsugars. Not so much our kids, but... <laughs> you know, y'all just do the best you can. <laughs> but our grandsugars, it's like, I'm in. I'm invested. Hallelujah. So ask according to his will is the great qualifier. If I can do that, I can have this. If I'm not foolish or cavalier, if I'm not just acting like I'm going to try this out, if I will ask according to his will, and his word is his will. Is this his will? Does he think one way and write it down another way? No, he is his word. And the word teaches us somewhat abstractly, but tells us that if God's word fails to come to pass, then he ceases to be God because his word and his self are the same. He is nothing more than his word. Matter of fact, we understand that down here. A man's word, a man is no better than his word. If a man's word is no good, the man's no good. Well, he can sure build a, a, a shed and he can sure, nope, he's no good. And if God's word is no good, He's no good, but he is good, and his word is good. So you got to have that right there going in. So I say that if you can take this qualifier, that you not only become an always answered asker, but if you study it and discern it and, and, uh, and get the will of God into your requesting, your, your asking, that you become the automatic always asked, answered asker. Say automatic. automatic. Now, how much power is that? What do you need? Wow, that just would, people would just ask for all sorts of crazy stuff. We're going to look at that, but uh, if your word abides in me, if, if my word abides in you, excuse me, you shall ask what you will. So there's another qualifier. You can't just think of something and say, oh, let's just try God out and see if he's really God. There's some qualifiers, but I'm already there. I don't want anything God doesn't want me to have. I'm already in. Lord, we're going to be asking about stuff. Your will is important to me because I want to be an always answered asker. I don't want to hit and miss. I don't want to, you know, I want to throw strikes every time. I want to hit the bullseye every time. I want this to work because I have a confidence in you. But you did have some parameters there. And here's the thing. If you want Bible results, you got to do it the Bible way. Everybody wants Bible results, and, but they just kind of scattergun. They kind of throw it out there and say, close enough. But that's not good. Healing happens when you do it God's way. 
Prosperity happens when you do it God's way. You'll get Bible results when you do it the Bible way. But people, they just want the end result, but they want to just fishtail around on the rest of it. So he wrote down his will. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, if you would. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. You know, we, we do a lot of scriptures around here. We nail it. We could go faster, and I could, I could spit a little bit more on this pulpit. I do pretty good on that part anyway. And I could be like a windmill and just carry on and holler and carry on, get lathered up and all that sort of stuff. And you, you'd enjoy the show. Especially if it was me, because that's not me. So you'd enjoy that spectacle. But what we do instead is we just nail it down from the word. We make the word prove the word. Nothing stands on its own. Nothing's just an opinion, a, an observation. It's the word. And if you don't like the way it says it there, we'll come over here and see how it says it over there. And it'll verify this over here. Healing's in the word. Being supplied is in the word. Oh, I've seen somebody neglect that or abuse that. Well, sure you have. I, they've tried to paint used car salesmen. Y'all know they try to paint them to being slick and, and, uh, well, they, and there are some. But they're not all that way. But they got painted that way. And the promises, the abuse of the promises got painted. Because somebody said, I believed God for this. Uh, you know, I, I know someone that believed God for, I may get in trouble for saying this. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I better not. Yeah, I, I might do it later. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't want to throw y'all off here at the beginning of the message, and, and you, you, you unhooked right there. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, look in verse 20. We'll just move on here. Where is the wise? That's not it. 1 Corinthians 1, 20. Uh, where is that scripture that says all the promises of God? 2 Corinthians. Thank you very, Paul. Boy, I've got some bad notes here. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Let's read it together. Let's affirm it together. Let's knock it down, not like we're trying to believe something, but let's have a, a confidence that this is how it is, and this is how it will be. It doesn't wander off, and it doesn't, sometimes doesn't come home on time or whatever. This is how it is. Red light means stop. Green light means means go. And verse 20, read it with me. For all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. That's a green light, we should go. That's a red light, we should stop. And all the promises of God are yea, and amen, in him. So, when it says, when the word says, if you ask according to my will, suddenly every promise in the word is on the list. Every promise would be his will. If you read some story in the Old Testament and, you know, you might go, I don't know if that's his will just because it happened. There's some liars in the, in, in, in the word. There's some people that have been misquoted. Job got misquoted, not misquoted, but he said... Uh, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. That is in the Bible. 
But later Job says, you know, that's crazy stuff. That's not true. But if you want to just lift it out, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, you can make a case. Not a good one, but you can make a case that that's in the Bible. So when we go and say all the promises of God are yes and amen, we're talking about the will of God. It's his promise. It's what he said, I will do. It is my will if you will ask me, request of me, according to my will, according to my promises, I will do it. Now, how many Christians, and you just got 10 fingers, so you might not go past that, that believe that? And when I say believe, we all believe, but believing is no more than what you do. No one believes contrary to what they do. They wish it would be their desire, but we only believe what we do. Because faith without works in faith. Right? That's right. So, so I believe this. Well, how much do you believe it, Michael? To the extent and the point and the degree that I do it. Because if I believed it, I would do it. Because all the promises are good and profitable and, and increase. So why wouldn't I do it? Well, it's because I don't believe it. Why don't I ask the Father and say, Father, I'm, here's number one son coming into the throne room. Here I am. I'm coming boldly to the throne of grace. And this is what I want according to your word. And I quote him the word, quote him his word and say, you said you promised. Then first Corinthians, second Corinthians 120, it says all your promises are yes and amen. You've already said, you don't say, well, let me get back to you on that. We had a little conference the other day back there with the angels. And they said, you know, God, we, we can't give that to everybody. We're going to have to have a little bit of, you know, no, yes and amen. I'm, I'm challenging you to believe the Word of God. What if the Word was true? What if the Word, what if that was true? What if it was true? Would you believe it? Why don't you and I believe it? Because we don't know that it's true. It's so far out there. It's so far out there. We can't get our head around it. Well, fortunately, our faith doesn't come out of our head. Fortunately, we don't have to have a complete understanding that when Moses raised the staff, the waters parted and there was the track, the road that God had made. Nobody knew that. It was beyond their head. Otherwise, Moses would have said, listen, over in Egypt, he said, come on, boys and girls, come with me because God's already opened up the waters and made a road through there. He didn't know and you don't know. But God knows. So he put it in his promises. He said, if you can believe that I'll do it, I'll do it. Why don't you believe I'll do it? Well, one reason we don't is there's not a lot of testimonies of people saying, I believed his word and he did it. That's why we read the little book, wherever it is, whatever it is. We read the little book. We have testimonies that said, golly, I believe God's word and Amazingly, he did it. <laughs> Who would have thought? We need that. When something happens to you according to the word, the promises of God are yes and in him, amen, you need to come tell us. We need to know. So God's saying concerning his promises, I got this. Go to the bank. I'll do it. It'll, it'll happen. It's as good as done. You can cash that check. 
He's saying that. But because we treat God like he's a man, we put attributes of man on God, which is a mistake. Do you all understand that's a mistake? To lower him to us. But because we do, we say, I can't trust a used card salesman. Or whatever. I can't trust a preacher. They're all just in it for the money and all that. Well, then we go to God and say, well, you're just like us. Wishy-washy, you never know what God's going to do. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. Maybe he says yes, maybe he says no, maybe he says not now. We, you never, the, the, what is the word, what do they say? Uh, uh, sorry about that. <laughs> what is that saying? God works in mysterious ways. I got it. His wonders to perform. Well, that sounds okay. That sounds good because we don't know what he does all the time. But that's not what the word says. The word says, I'll do it. All you want is the end result. You don't care how I do it. You don't care that I sent Uncle Jack to, to meet your need. Or I, you don't care. You don't care. You just care about the end. But you're all saying, well, because we don't know how he's going to do it. You just never know what God's going to do. But that's not that. He never said that. He said, I'll deliver is the package you ordered, is it coming by UPS? Is it coming by FedEx? Is it coming by DHL? Is it coming by the, the postman? The postman every once in a while makes a swing on Sunday afternoon through my uh, neighborhood, and they drop off stuff, and it's like, but they're not going house to house. They, you don't know how it's going to happen, but it happens. If you didn't get a package you ordered from Amazon, you're not saying, well, you never know what Amazon's going to do. They're wonders to perform. Where is it? I'm holding you to the promise that you cashed my check, you took my card, and where is my thing-a-doodle? And we, we, we hold it. But God, we say, ah, give him a pass. It's just God. You understand this is wrong? But because people hadn't had a confidence in God, they've given him a past. And you and I now, we've got to get past that past. We've got to get past that past that just says, well, sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't, he's not in the mood. It's his infinite wisdom that makes him do what he does. And we just don't know that, so we can't really ask him with expectation. We can just beg him. Beg him. Seek God. Can you throw me a bone? Can you help me, Lord? What if the word was true and we believed the word that was true? What would our lives be by the weekend? Wouldn't recognize you. Wouldn't recognize me. Turn with me, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 11. We've got to get on this. Hebrews chapter 11. Now, here, here's another qualifier. These are qualifiers. You know, you, you can't just say anything I want anywhere. If I, I'm just going to ask God, and if he doesn't do it, I'm mad. He qualifies it. He said, there's some parameters there. You, you love your children. You love your grandchildren. But there's parameters on what you'll do for them. If, if, if Sugar Baby says, Papa, I want 16 horses, you, you might back that up a little bit. Okay. I know you would. I can tell you. To no, to a point, yes. But God's not that way. He, we just, what, but without faith, without faith, without faith, 
doesn't say success, it doesn't say results, it says without risk, calling things that be not as though they were, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God, number one, must believe that he is. Is what? Keeps his word. He's God. He's not a man. He's not like we are. He's not slippery. He's not inconsistent. He's not got another agenda. He's not trying to woof it. One time I laid hands on a man in church in Seminole, and he dropped like a sack of taters. He dropped. The power of God went into him, and he stood up and he said, Well, gosh, I always thought when you did that, you were just woofing. <laughs> he said, That stuff's real. <laughs> so must believe that he is. So you gotta, you got to believe he's a giver that's already ready. He's ready. God is ready. I believe that he is. I believe he's ready. I believe the promises of God are in him. Yes and amen. I believe he withholds no good thing from them that love him. I believe that every good and perfect gift comes down from him, from the Father above, the shadow of lights, and in whom is no variance. Y'all read the book. It's in James. Hallelujah. <laughs> I believe that he is. And then it says, what else? What else? He says, and that he is a rewarder. Now, here's something that'll just you can chew on. How about if he was such a rewarder that he answered before you asked? What if a grand sugar, we'll use them this morning. They're real cool. What if you knew they were having a birthday on March 15th or March 10th? We'll use, we'll use Trace, March 10th. You knew he had a birthday. And a little guy, he's not asking for anything. He's got the whole world in his in his living room, in his bedroom. He, he, he doesn't need anything, uh, for sure. But what if you knew that, and you just said, I'm going to order before the 10th, and when they come to their birthday, or their what, I already have it. Now, can we think that way? Well, sure we can. Sure we can. We don't want to show up and say, ah, it's your birthday. Paul, Paul, have that thing in six to eight days, according to however the, the delivery is. No, we show up with present in hand. How about God? He knows what you have need of. It doesn't say that in Matthew chapter uh, 6, verse 31. It says, for the Father knoweth you have need of all these things. Remember that? The Gentiles need it, and he knows you need it. God likes things. Now, I'm going to tell you all. He likes things. We may think he's stingy self, El Chipo, instead of El Shaddai, that he's El Chipo. He's like, ah, we, uh, we had a man in the Baptist church in Seagraves, Texas, that he was such an El Chipo. He's just a, he was just a member of the church like me. But he would go up there on Sunday afternoons and turn all, check, make sure all the lights were turned off and all the fans were down. That's El Chipo. <laughs> well, God's not that. He's got what you have need of already in his hand. He's not, when you ask him, he's going, whoa, if I'd have known that, I could have changed this situation two days ago and had that thing, kind of like uh, Amazon, I could have had that thing come in with another thing you ordered and they could both got there at the same time. It's like, well, duh, God, didn't you know I was going to ask? I'm saying he did. I'm saying he did. He knows what you have need of and he knows what you're going to ask. So we've had this thing. We've had this thing. Let's just talk about things that we've had. We've had this 
You never know what God's going to do, but more accurately is you never know when God's going to do it. He's, you know, it's really congested out there. You know, that God's got a lot going on and there's, a, you know. He knows about you. He knows what you want. He knows his will for you. It's not even like, okay, if you will ask me according to this narrow little list, I will send it to committee and they will approve it. No, that's not how he works. He's already saying, I got this list that I want to give Barry. I want to give Lydia. I want to give them this thing. As soon as that, I've already got it. It's already in the warehouse. I've already got a way to get it to them. I got everything. It's in my word. And I said, this is on your Christmas list. This is on your birthday list. Everything in my book, the promises are yes and amen. So I've already got out and got them, created them, made a way for them, put them in position. I've already done all that. And the moment you say, Father, I have a confidence that if I ask you anything according to your will, you hear me. And if you hear me, I have a confidence that you will give me the request that I have made of you. It sounds like he's on it. Sounds like he's better than Amazon or better than eBay or somebody. Sounds like he's on it. We want God to be on it. But instead, we've given him a pass and made him UPS and made him something. And he's not. He's already got it. Well, what's the holdup then, Lord? It's us. Number one, we have not because we ask not. Or we have not because we ask amiss. And you go, well, God, what's the, what's the big deal? You know that if you're calling Grandma... And she's got a 10-digit phone number. You know you have to get it exactly in order. You have to dial that thing sequentially. You can't put this, the area code on the end and say, well, they ought to know. I always call Grandma on this day. No, we know it's got to be exactly right. I, I sent a package to uh, uh, I, I sent a Christmas card to uh, someone in Montgomery on December 15th, I got it this week. Well, instead of it saying Crest uh, Field, it's, I wrote Crest View. All the numbers were right, all the people were right, everything, and it was right there. Just, you were there, Mr. Postman, you were right there. You knew who I was talking about. It was them, and they're right there. Just give me a break of four. Nope, it came back yesterday, two months later. We understand then. How if God was kingdom, all we have to do is according to the word. I'll ask him according to his will, and I won't ask amiss. I'll ask it, and therefore I will have it. I'm an always, got to have this in your head, always answered asker. Doesn't mean you have a license just to throw something out there. I want a, I want a yacht, Lord, and I want to own a train or whatever. That's not what, according to his will. Uh how do you find out his will? Because sometimes, you know, God, do you want me to take this job? That's not really in the word. And so we have what we call pre-asking, asking. Where we run stuff by him before we ask, saying, what do you want me to ask? It's like a bank document or like a mortgage document. It's like something you would do that once you sign it, they say, you're committed. 48 payments of $300 a month. We want them all here on time at this address for this car that you went out and bought. 
You go, well, I didn't mean to. I had buyer's remorse, and five days later, I changed my mind. I don't want to pay. Come get your car. Uh, it won't go well for you, will it? That's not how it works. And so we have to, when we ask him, we got to be in position to receive. Got to be in position to receive. So before we ask, sometimes we have to have a pre-asking asking. We meditate things. Now, I'm going I'm to share something with you that you might not like, but I believe. And it's just on such a level. And the reason I'm sharing it with you is because it's on such a level that if God would do that and that way, I got this. Y'all know Kenneth Copeland. You know he's married to good girl Gloria. Been married to her a long time. So they have a property in, in Tarrant County. And uh, now, like I said, you may not like this, but it speaks to me. So Gloria starts to plan her house. She wants a house. That, that realm of faith, they like houses. And I'm all about it. Deuteronomy says that he wants to put goodly things in your goodly houses. So I'm all about it. But Gloria's taking it to a new level. And so she planned out a house, and it took her 30 years to meditate. And here's what she did. This is what she says. I'd ask God, let's see. She would say, I won't ask about this if it is not your will or your time. So tell me if it's time and tell me if it's right to ask you. She believed in pulling the trigger. You point the gun at somebody, if you pull the trigger, something different's going to happen. So she wouldn't pull the trigger until she asked God, what do you want me to ask God? So you can get that. You can get that. You don't have to go out there and experiment and say, I'm going to ask for it, and if it doesn't happen, I'll know it's not his will. That's not how it works. When I was moving to, when I, when I knew in West Texas that it was time that the Lord had something in the air, I, I had a happy church. And it was paid for. And it was good. And all my family, that's the part that's not always as good, all my family lived there. <laughs> Bless the Lord. And so we just started feeling something was in the wind, something was in the air about change. Y'all get that feeling sometimes? Like something's going on, but I don't know what it is. So you start praying it out and saying, Lord, finally you ask the question, are we leaving? And you get a, a peace that comes over you. So you pray that out saying, okay, Lord, where, where would you leave? Why would you move us and where would you move us? And finally he said, I want you to move to Alabama. We don't know anybody in Alabama. We know one man, a, a traveling guy, that, would, that was attached to a church in Birmingham that would come through. I'd known him for years and years and years, and I knew Patrick. And I don't know anybody in Alabama. Why would I go to Alabama? But it wasn't my job. So finally, we, we said, Lord, do you want us to ask you for timing and supply to move to Alabama? And he said, bingo. He gave us the scripture in Acts chapter 13. Separate unto me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. We knew that was the promise. It was a personal promise to us. So, as in December, we were on the U-Haul truck in January. Yeah, but we had meditated it for a year. So Gloria's been meditating this, where did I put it? Uh, she meditated this uh, 
18,000 square foot house. It's a big house. I'm living in 1,600, 1,700, and I got all my stuff in there. Now, Deborah Ann, you know, some of her stuff's in the garage. <laughs> so 18,000 square feet cost, it's worth now $6.3 million. Now, I told you this might be a little hard on you, and you might be hardened against the Copelands or whatever because it's, it's this and it's that. But you don't know what they do, and you don't know what they need to do it. We know it takes more than your parents would have said it takes for you to run your household. They're like, ah, baby, we ran this thing on $300 a month. Your daddy brought home $300, and I had this and I that, and we lived on it. What's your deal? So I'm not judging that. But she meditated every step for 30 years. And she would ask God, what do you want me to ask? Now, that's my point. It's not that. Actually, Jesse Duplantis has almost twice as big a house. So if you just, if you just thought that it was terrible. And I don't, I'm not judging that. But Glory would go to the Lord, according to her. She said, I would go to the Lord and say, I'm going to ask you if I should ask this. And if I don't have a witness inside, remember, we're led by the Spirit. I will never bring it up again unless you bring it back to me. Now that's, that's spiritual. That's not like I got to have a house and I got to upstage the neighbors and I got to be the big dog here and I got to this and that. They got a lot of things in their house. They say that Jesse Duplantis has his own bedroom. Not like there is a bedroom and whoever comes through gets it. They all, sh all the other ones share bedrooms but Jesse and Kathy have a bedroom. You go, well, that's not up to me. I, that doesn't sound cool. You're already doing a lot of things that you used to didn't think were cool. You're believing God for things that used to, you'd go, that is crazy. And now that's who you and I are. And we're not even touching the hem of his garment for what heaven wants us to do on earth. On earth as it is in heaven. Does that mean anything? Is that true? Is that what Jesus prayed? Is that what we should be believing for? Could be. So uh, she would go to God and ask him for things that weren't obvious, which is in the word, and were not evident. It's like this could go either way. And he, by her meditation, by her pre-prayer asking, she would find out what Holy Spirit wanted her to do. And then she'd go in and pull the trigger, and it would happen just like that. And it would happen just like that every time. So she was careful to be an always answered asker. Takes time. But once you get a confidence up, then you, you kind of know what's going on. Um, John 15, 7 says, if you abide in me. Now here's a qualifier. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask. Well, what is this? Ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Now, that's wild-eyed. I don't care what y'all say. That is out there. That's nobody, no God, no anything could say. If you abide in me, my words abide in you, you will ask what you will, and it shall, shall, strong word, it shall be done for you. So most Christians, most Christians, they do not, that's like speaking in tongues verse. They do not want to read that verse. 
because they can't believe it. So they just say, well, yeah, yeah, that's Jesus, and that's this, that, and the other. But it's the word of God to you. It's the will of God to you and me. It's what he wants us to set ourselves up to be an always answered asker. He's saying, get ready for this. This is the goal. This is the, the basket or the goalpost. I want you to run a few plays down the field with the goalposts in mind or with the end zone in mind, I should say. And we're like, oh, no, Lord, we're just trying to make it to the 10-yard line. And then we'll go. We'll, we'll go up to heaven. But we made it to the 10-yard line. God, God's like, you can make a touchdown with what I'm giving you. Are y'all here? I know this is pulling on us, but the word ought to pull on us. The word ought to be light where there was dark. And we ought to see things we haven't been seeing so we can do things we hadn't been doing and have things we haven't been doing. You probably don't need an 18,000 square foot house. What would you need that for? But what do you need? Well, if you've got bumps on your body and the doctor says it's leukemia, you don't need a house. You need healing. If you've got, if you've got hungry babies or you, just, or you don't have a car, you don't need a house. You don't need a boat. You need what you need. But if you can't believe God for that, you don't even, you'll mock the things that I've just told you about. You'll mock them because you're still over here trying to get groceries for the weekend. When God's saying, not only have I got groceries for you, I want you to be a distribution center in this area. I want you to this or that or whatever. You go, wow, God, I had no idea. I was just trying to get some groceries in here. I was just trying to get gas in my car. He said, well, you didn't ask. You didn't pray believing. You didn't think I was a rewarder of them that diligently seek me. <laughs> you know what we're looking at, don't we? <laughs> Hallelujah. Ah, let's do it. Let's pull a Luke chapter 11 and we'll... Oh, we didn't get anywhere this morning. Hallelujah. So I'm going to have to have conversations with the Lord. Say Conversations. Come on, let's say it. Conversations. We're going to have to have some back and forth. I can speak audibly. And he can speak like he speaks, spirit to spirit. But I'll be just as sure I heard from him down here as if you told me something up here. How can that be? We, we're spiritual. We're just in this body, but not the real man. The real man is inside, and God does not communicate and minister to us according to exactly how we are. I am a spirit. You are a spirit. He's ministering to me. He's communicating with me. He's leading me by the spirit. So if you don't get nothing in your flesh, that's okay, because that's not where he is. You don't get anything from your mind from God, because that's not where he is. Sometimes he does appear. Sometimes he does walk through the walls and that. Sometimes there's an audible voice, but it's just, it's just this much of what's really going on out there. It's rare. Is that right? So that's not what we're expecting. We're, speak, we're expecting that. I would tell God, Lord, I, I got this unction. I got this thing that I'm thinking about. It just seems like it keeps rising up, and I don't have any interest in it, but it seems like you do. Do you want me to pursue this, or do you want me to ask you for something about this? And then you wait. And he'll tell you. If it feels gravelly down here, 
That's not it. But if you have a lightness or you have a, a, a sense of joy, you go, I've hit the mother load here. I've put that hook right into the, to the honey hole, as it were, to, to draw out some big fish if you're fishing. And then so you ask him another question. And he starts conversing. He starts talking. Or we're talking about the always answered asker. You can waller around with it. You can throw stuff out there and wait and see if it bites. You can just waller around in your life and just do what you want to do. And God works in mysterious ways. You can do that. Most Christians do that. But what if you wanted to be used of God? What if you wanted God to be able to say, I need a field lieutenant to go out there and direct forces. But he's going to have to be somebody that hears me and believes he's heard me. I'm, I want to use, make you a general, but you're, you're not even asking me what kind of car to buy or when to buy it. You're not asking me stuff like that that I care about. Why does he care? Because he has a bargain for you, because he has the right car. He has a car that doesn't break down, that's not a limon. He knows those. He knows which ones are. You go, oh, God, I don't think God cares. You're wrong, because you get faithful over little before your master over much. And I want to hear from God better. And I want God to be able to be pleased and happy that he can give me stuff that he wants to give me. Back to those children and grandchildren. There's nothing rougher than to give one of them something that you've thought about and saved for and finally found it and them just ignore it, just like, nah. Hurts your feelings. Same thing with God. Doesn't hurt his feelings, but he already knows. You can't handle much. You got little capacity. We call it Scotia at our house. Scotia capacity. You can't hold much until you're overloaded. Well, I want to enlarge my capacity that I can be trusted, that I can hold things from God. It says in, in, in Luke chapter 11, are you there? And we'll quit with this. I mostly promise. <laughs> I just did that for Lynn. Hallelujah. Verse 9. And I say to you, ask, and it shall be given to you. Now, what if the Bible was true? What if what Jesus said was true? Ask, and it shall be given to you, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. Verse 10. For, here's the reason for verse 9. For everyone that asketh receiveth. Say it with me. For everyone that asketh receiveth. How many? Who? Where? Everyone that asketh receiveth. I think there's a pattern going on here. Where God's just saying, I can do exceeding abundantly above what you can ask or think. So throw me your best ask or think. I already got one better and bigger and, and longer than that in the, in the warehouse. But give me what you can. Throw what you can out there. And I'll do that, and I'll do more. Ask, what, what does it say? It says, for everyone that asketh, receiveth. Now, most people, that just like, I can't believe the Bible's true because of verses like this. You, did you have bad parents? That just kicked you around and said, don't be asking me nothing, or if you do, I... Well, you may have. But God's better than them. And he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh, it shall be open. The always 
answered asker is who Jesus is trying to minister to. He'll take you at whatever level you come to him. If you go up there and you just say, I don't care, I don't believe, I don't want, I don't know, he'll minister to you in every way that you'll open a little place for him and he can come in. But if you really want to be used by God in these last days, if you really want your life to be fruitful, if you really want to have a happy life that people say, whoo, look at Garland, I, I want to be a Christian like him, for example. Wow, when he prays, when he says he'll pray, he prays. And it changes, it turns, it, it, you know. When people come up to you and say, y'all pray for my, my second cousin removed and, you know, then you got to ask them, what are you praying? Oh, I'm not praying. I'm just throwing it out there seeing if God will do something. And when God does do something, they all just say, well, look what the doctors did. It's wrong. We're wrong. We're just wrong, and we're getting wrong results because we have wrong thinking, wrong expectation. We don't know the Word, and we should change that. We know all about our iPad and our phone and, our, and uh, all these things that are technical, and I go into the AT&T store, and I said, how do you know to do that? Did you go to school? And they say, no, I just play around with it. I just fool around with it. How often? All day long. Well, what does John 3.16 say? What's a John? You go, something's wrong here. I should have mastery over the things that concern me. I am on the earth by pre-design. He sent me to this generation, in this gender, in this race, in this country. He moved me from... Texas to Alabama, he's specific, he's unique. I ought to pay attention to what follows. I ought to not just think, well, he just, he just was tired of Texas having so many folks. He, there's a reason, and I need to know it. Jesus, Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord, for helping us. We really do want to do it your way, Lord. We really do want to have what you said you wanted us to have. I don't want to go to heaven, Lord, and you just opened the books and said, this is the list, and it goes page after page after page of things I sent you, things I gave you, and things I wanted you to do and have and be. And I, Lord, I just can't bear that. I just, I, there's gonna be a bunch, but I want to be on earth as it is in heaven. I want your life to flow through me my one and only life to have meaning. So I ask you, Lord, wake me up. Lord, help me wake up. Help me come alive to jar, come out of my sleep, my slumber, my, my fog. Lord, help me pay attention because it's the best life there is. And it's everything I seem to be going after with frustration. And yet it'd be easy. It'd be simple. It'd be on time. It'd be more than enough. Lord, we give you thanks for Holy Ghost living in us. Holy Spirit, we're sorry we've been disrespecting you and just charging on based on a, such a small, limited knowledge, such small plans, such inaccurate projections. We're sorry, Lord. I'm sorry that I didn't check in with you. I didn't ask you, what do you want me to pray? What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to live? What job? What job do you want me to have, Lord? 
What? 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 Would you know and would you tell me? I believe you would, Lord. So I changed this morning. I just put you on. I put on the Lord Jesus. I put you on. I am deliberate. I am purposeful. I am focused. And Lord, I am passionate about getting it right at this late date before you come back. Help us, Lord. You said you'd lay help on him who is mighty. We declare ourselves mighty in the things of God because of Jesus. And we take hold that you are helping us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, there's got to be some benefit to coming to a church like this. Because the singles group's not meeting right now. <laughs> the high schoolers hadn't showed up. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. Yeah, the musicians are AWOL. There we go. If they have me on the front row singing, you know something's amiss. Hallelujah. Amen. So, this is, this, is the, this is the other side. There's a charge here. There's a, a demand here. The company have committed. I no longer need any preeminence, promotions, plaudits, popularity, or things to verify my life. You don't just wake up one day and say, wow, that's what I'm going to do. You've got to work stuff out. And you got to work stuff in. And it takes time. It takes meditation. It takes a, a light, precious faith for everybody to say, well, that's what we want too. That's, we, 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 we see it together. And we're going to run with it. So I bless you now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I bless you because he's blessed you. And we release God's plan for each one of our lives to come in. We, we say, yes, Lord. Knock at my door because I'm seeking and I'm asking. And Lord, you're answering. Thank you, Lord, for a great life beginning today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you. God bless you.